Trauma happens in relationships, so it can only be healed in relationships. And that is a quote by Alanis Morissette, y'all. My name is Andrea, and this is Adult Child. Welcome back to Adult Child, where we take a deep dive into the impact of growing up in a dysfunctional family. Ahoy, my dear shit shows. Shit show nation. I, like, where does that come from? Shit show nation. I think what it comes from is like, it's like a medieval horn or something, or like what they would play maybe before like a jousting match or before the gladiators would come out like, brah, 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 brah. Hello, new folks. I'm fucking nuts, and my name is Andrea. I just want to give a shout out to our to our friend here that gave me the negative review about the eating, who then changed their review after I addressed it and apologized and promised that I won't eat anymore on the episodes. Thank you for changing your review. Again, I'm always open to feedback. My DMs, my emails, always open. But don't bother writing me to tell me that you don't like my cursing, okay? Well, I mean, you can tell me that, but that I'll just warn you that that's the one thing that will not be changing around here. As I said in an episode not too long ago, my true self says fuck. My true self says fuck. You know, we got on this topic today in our group, um, in our in a meeting for the shit show today, about our love for the word fuck. So if you're looking for a community that likes saying that word, uh, look no further than the shit show community. So today we are diving deep into how to heal our trauma in relationships. As you heard in the beginning of the episode from none other than um, Miss Alanis Morissette. <laughs> uh, let me read you this full quote because it was too long for me to do in the beginning. But what she says is, trauma happens in relationships, so it can only be healed in relationships. Art can't provide healing. It can be cathartic and therapeutic, but a relationship is a three-part journey. I'm going to need to look into more about what she means by a three-part journey. So stay tuned. I'll fill you in next week. Um, so today we're joined by Marina Yanai Triner and her husband, Tomer. So Marina was on the podcast back in the day, folks. I mean, I think she was in like the first 20 episodes of the pod. She is a somatic coach and I highly recommend going and listening to that episode where she gets into the nitty gritty of her entire story. Super powerful. And so she recently, her and her husband recently launched an app. It's called Soma Share. So it includes various exercises, practices, somatic practices, trauma-informed practices. So think of it as like a meditation app, except for that it's focused on, it's all trauma-informed. So it's all focused on regulating the nervous system. So I wanted to have them on to promote the app and get into their relationship, which I'm going to be honest, their relationship was a lot more, I don't know if tumultuous is the right word, um, I just had this idea in my head that, I don't know, that they had maybe a, a nice, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl relationship. And that, uh, is not the case. They really opened up into what their relationship has looked like, their struggles, 
and what healing has looked like. One thing that I thought was super interesting is that they recently have started working with a, a relationship coach who is focused on the internal family systems aspect of it. So I had never heard of that, of internal family systems work being used in relationship coaching and therapy. So I thought that that was super fascinating. And yeah, I'm super excited for you guys to hear this. I love doing these relationship episodes. So let's get the damn sheer underweird. What if I made that a thing? I think everybody would tune out if that's what I start doing. Let's get the sheer underweird. Um, I do just want to give a shout out to all of my newest members of the shit show community. This is my recovery community that I have. Uh, you can access it on the web. You can also access it on um, an app. And I host... There's three regular groups a week, three support groups a week. And then we also just started a group on Monday nights where we are going through the Loving Parent Guidebook, which has just been such a powerful and beautiful experience. Uh, We have all these different discussion threads. It's literally a support group in your back pocket, at your fingertips, available to you 24-7 with an amazing group of people who are doing the damn work to heal and who also enjoy saying the word fuck. So thank you, thank you, thank you to these fine ass shit shows. Dara, Emily, Jennifer, Rachel, Amy, Sasha, Mary, Kimmy, Kate. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you fine ass shit shows. How about the rest of y'all follow suit and go check out the show notes for a link to Damn the Join Shit Show. Uh, next, give me a little follow on the Insta, on the TikTok, at Adult Child Pod. And last but not least, give me a damn five star rating on Apple, on Spotify. Let's have a contest. Who can give me the best, funniest, uh, top notch review that I will read on next week's episode? It must be five stars. Give me some good one, folks. Love you. Thank you. Bye. All right, y'all. We have Beavis and Butthead. That's what I'll... Does that work? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Who's Butthead? Marina and Tomer. Yeah, that's good. Tomer. And, and how do you pronounce your name? Andrea? Well, you can say it however you want because you got an accent, so that's allowed. Andrea. Aunt, yeah, you can say that. But everybody else listening who's American right now, they have to say Andrea. But you get a free pass. Andrea. Oh, but don't oh. even try it. Don't even try it. Just say Andrea, it. Andrea. That's very easy. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> that was good. Andrea. Andrea. Uh, hi, guys. Hi. This is, we're in it now. This is how I start. Oh, we're recording. Yeah, Here this is go. what we do. This is okay. what we do. Yeah. Um, Marina is a returning guest. Tomer is new. Uh, I have been using your app for the past few days. Cool. I love it. So much share. How long were you guys working on it? Um, let's see. I think from last December or the beginning of this year. So around seven months already. More. Eight months. But you're an app guy, right? You're like a techie. You're a programmer. Um, yeah. I, I Not necessarily app guy, but yeah, I do a lot of technology things. Um, in this business, I'm trying 
to work also on my business skills as well. So I'm doing uh, SEO, SEO and CEO and um, CTO stuff, like all the technology and business development. So it's it's been a journey. Let me just say, he is not an app guy. He <laughs> just teaches himself shit, which is just mind-blowing. So he was like, oh, I'm going to make an app. Okay, let's learn how to make an app in three months. I don't know what. And then he just did it. It's crazy. How do you do it? Like, do you, like, just do it from scratch? Or did you, like, what do you do? Yeah, so I do have background in technology and programming. So it's easier to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was my first app building. A, before that, I built websites and backend and softwares. Um, but how I do it is just I envision <laughs> it. it. I look well. Now everything is online, so if you're determined, you can learn anything you want. Um, so I think it's mostly mindset that not not giving up and being curious about what do you want to create and see the vision, and don't let anything interrupt you in the on the way. Mm. Um, tell me that origin story. So the origin story starts like this. We had a company with a third, our best friend, and that was really fun. And it was about ethical consumption, but the tech kind of, not the tech, but just we the thing that we wanted to create didn't really come through, like the product that we wanted to deliver because we were working with certifications and they're a mess and all this stuff. And, and then our friend was like, I'm really busy at work. I don't think I can, you know, put time into it. And we were like gung-ho. We were like, we are going to make a business work. So then she sort of dropped off. And then we started thinking, like, what is it that we want to create? And then Tomer. <laughs> <just kidding>. Tomer. <laughs> Tomer. Tomer. Um, then, well, we started to just brainstorm. We always knew that. Not always, but recently I realized that I really don't want to to work on a startup or on a corporation. I've done that before and I do want to do something on my own. So the question was like, what is it that it's something that I'm good at? And also uh, me and Marina as well are experts in. Um, So we started to go with a list um, of like what issues do we see in the world what do we want to solve and it came down to like we really see that there is a black and white thinking in the world and we don't like that so we started to think maybe we should um, help like solve homelessness uh, issues or people that are experiencing homelessness Um, but it came down to um, somatic um, therapy uh, mainly and more specifically trauma-informed and uh, therapy or healing that doesn't bypass your emotions um and that's how we started and we really wanted to build a community as well so that was um another part that was important because we feel that community is um very lacking in in that world and everywhere um a healthy community that can help co-regulate and help each other in our health journey so that's where we started and then we leveraged our advantages my technology marina's um connections with this world and her knowledge and her uh, genius way to put things into words um yeah well what what else marina 
Yeah, I would we... say also, <laughs> I was like, mm, I'm wondering, you know, there's insight timer, which is brilliant for meditation. And I was like, I'm wondering if there's something because when I was going through healing, I mean, I'm still going through healing forever and ever. But when I kind of started, I remember like when I discovered somatics and I was like, this is awesome. It's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Are there practices I can do? You know, when I would wake up in the morning, I wanted to have a morning routine because when I first, first started getting into like personal development, I was doing like affirmations and things like that, that for where I was at, that was not working. Now it could be great, but my nervous system was so jacked up and that was not going to help me. And I was doing that like every morning and it was actually making me feel more ashamed. So then when I discovered somatics, I would look, which is by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, it's body-based, really taking the body into consideration, your emotions, your sensations. I would look up on YouTube. I would look up practices and found slim to none. So that's where, what my thinking was like, this can help people. You wake up in the morning, you feel anxious or you feel depressed or you feel whatever is going on in your body. And then you do a practice. Okay. There's a couple of things there that I want to circle back on, but uh, we're getting into you now, Tomer. So you guys met, did you guys meet over there in Israel or you met in yeah. Okay. So, and then when, and you had already been doing your healing work over there. Cause I remember when we, when you shared your story, Marina, with me, you were already kind of in it. Um, yeah. when you guys first started dating, I'm just curious about how the hell did you explain all of this to him? Mm-hmm. Explain what? Trauma, somatic healing, any oh. of that shit. Because you are that? a techie, yeah, really, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is funny because I'm trying to build another thing on the side, or kind of like my online present as the um, um, not compassionate, the conscious, conscious programmer. Like because I see programming as not just code, but as something that is more like alive and helps people. Like it's a story that we tell and people believe in that story and then it impacts our life. So there is a lot of like emotions and um, there are a lot of reactions and it can trigger people, certain technologies. Like it's something that I like to see as more alive and not just like nine to five boring uh, typing. Uh, so I think I've always been that way. We're both empaths, so we're very sensitive and Marina almost didn't have to ex- explain me. Uh, we both now we know that we have very similar trauma, um, like source. Uh, but she was on a different place when we met, and it was very easy for me to recognize it be- without her explaining. So I guess that she didn't have to explain, and she wasn't like ready to explain me back then. So I think that was um, a big part of why it worked in the beginning for us and didn't like intimidated me or her. Um, yeah, and I haven't been really into self-development until I think at least six months into our relationship. And then I started to go to therapy and then I started to go to something that's called the Greenberg method, which is the somatic as well. It's working with, with the body. And we kind of started our um, journey together. Mm. 
Well, let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> oh, well, I would I would like to add to that that yeah. Domel's dad, first of all, taught him to meditate when he was like, I don't know, like eight. eight or something. Wow. Just silent meditation. Just a um, what kind? Silent. silent. Yeah, silent meditation. But with a mantra, right? What was your mantra? Oh, it was like uh, Coco. Like in, in Hebrew, it's Shoko. So like Coco. Like hot Coco. So he would say Shoko, Shoko. Yes. <laughs> that was his word. Um, and we met when we were super young. We were 23. And so we've been together almost 13 years. So there's yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of things that have occurred within this frame of a time. Lot. Quite a lot. Like we met in Israel. We moved to San Diego together. We moved to Costa Rica together. Um, talking about our childhoods. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> well, I already know all about yours. So let's hear about yours, Tamar. My childhood. Um, we should send this podcast to your mom. She'll be so happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually I don't. Just know I press that we get really raw and deep here. Just so you know. Just letting you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to share. I'm ready. No, I, I'm an open book. Um, okay. So I grew up in Israel. Um, You're like, that's it. The end. Then I'm a man. I'm an open book. That's it, folks. Trauma, like yeah, yeah, you, you get it. The boss. No, it wasn't a trauma, and I I wasn't aware of the things uh, back then. Now I'm more aware, but I still don't see it like as a um, big T trauma. Um, but where in Israel? I was born in Jerusalem in the same house. Uh, like I, I grew up in the same house there until I was like 23. So until I met Marina, I grew up in the same house, and wow. I didn't. Yeah, um, move or anything. I'm saying that because Maria moved a lot. So it was very, very different from her world. Hmm. Um, I, I have siblings, one twin brother, one younger sister. Identical? Uh, no, no, very much not. <laughs> um, and yeah, people don't even think we're uh, like related. I'm very different from my family in general. Yeah. It's funny, all, all their names uh, starts with an A. And my name starts with E, which is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So it's <laughs> that's right. true. I never thought of that. That it's like the first and the last. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think I always felt a little different from others. So maybe that uh, is something worth exploring mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, so in Israel, like school. Many things happened in school. I it was I, I wasn't bullied, but I I was very very sensitive and things that uh, now seems normal to me when I look at it back then felt like very very heavy and it didn't make sense. And in general, things that doesn't make sense even now are very hard for me. Like mm -hmm. I'm very logical. I'm very emotional as well. But if something is not logical, it's like burned in me to like why is it like that. Do you have an example uh, of something from that from your childhood? From my childhood. Um, yeah. Stuff at school? Makes sense. I think in, in the house, first of all, in, in the house and out of the house, I was completely different. In the house, I was very extroverted and like uh, in the center of everything. And outside, I was very quiet and sensitive and very not active and felt like like uh, almost like in danger all the time mm. with other people. Um, and I think it has to do also with my mom because she was, she's a very kind person and loving, <clears throat> but back then she could be like very extreme, either very kind and loving or very, um, 
like angry and about things that back then didn't make sense for me. So that's the sense. Um, I don't know. And then like, why is it like that? And there, there is no explanation. And when there is no explanation for me, it's like, we make it about ourselves often, even if we don't logic, even if we don't consciously think that I think as kids, when things aren't explained to us, we inadvertently go to what's well, because of us. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, but it felt very unsafe. Mm-hmm. And, and I chose to instead of being, I think I could choose to be like both ways out outside, like in school. And in, I could be like very, like either like a bully or something, someone that is very extrovert in the middle of everything or the opposite. Like in my head, that makes sense. And I chose to be the opposite, like very quiet and very sensitive and take things very personal and feel unloved and unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Can I add something? Of course. I think one of the things about Thomas is that he's very, very smart. Very, very, very smart. And so, like, we were talking about this a lot of, like, I always feared failure. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I was like, if I fail, no one would love me because that's kind of the message that I always got in my house. I had to be perfect. I had to do all my homework. Like, Perfect. I had to literally be perfect as a survival kind of mechanism that my family learned. Mm-hmm. And for Tama, it's fear of success, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. But it comes from the same thing. Like, I'm not going to be loved. And the fear of success is I'm so fucking smart that nobody's going to relate to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't make sense to anybody. Yeah, I think that definitely exists that, that nobody will relate to me. And also... I think there is a part of me that doesn't want to go above other people because that feels dangerous a little bit. So I'm trying to lower myself down sometimes. Uh, and it's something that I worked on a lot. So I'm talking like as it is right now, but that's something I experienced a lot. And it's something that I know is my weakest spot. And I kind of use it as my superpower right now instead of like mm. looking at it as like being a victim to the situation. I just know that that's my sensitive part or that's my um, part that I need to, to work on when uh, I'm vulnerable or when I'm uh, not balanced. And I can use it uh, just to be aware of when it happens and be aware of like, okay, now I'm going beyond and I'm helping and I'm like, I can see the results and like, it makes me be more present and appreciate what they do. Mm-hmm. What was it that led you into therapy six months into dating Marina? Marina? Uh, no, it was, uh, well, it was. Why did I ask? <laughs> no, it was, I think move, moving, moving in together for the first time after, you know, I, I so military is mandatory in, in Israel and I didn't live in, in the house, yep. like in home um, during the military for three years, but it's very different because, um, you're in zombie mode, you barely sleep, and you're uh, with other people, and you have a mission. You know, like people tell you what to do all the time. But when you, you you go to university for the first time, and you go, uh, it was my first relationship as well. 
So mm. going with my first relationship uh, and moving in together after six months, it, it brought up a lot of things that, and I wasn't as aware as I am right now for myself. So things could happen. I, I didn't know why. So I just felt depressed for a few months. I, I think, no, a few weeks at least. I was just completely um, like in bed and didn't do anything. Um, and with that came guilt and shame because Marina had to, to work more and I could see she was confused and didn't know what to do. And I was very passive back then. Like uh, Marina would tell me what to do and I would listen instead of like, that was our dynamic. Like she's going to save me and I'm going to listen to what she said and resent her for that. So it was a cycle. Uh, so I did go to therapy and it wasn't a very successful one. In general, all the talking therapies are, for me at least, are, are not very successful. Uh, I do like to talk in therapy, just if it's only talking conventional and um, also not personal in the sense that therapy doesn't expose anything about themselves or mm -hmm. their emotions. Yes, absolutely. Me, so important. Mm -hmm. it just for me, it doesn't work. That's another reason I, I really wanted to work on another solution that will help others. So that's, but it, but it did start my self-development journey and not a long time after I did go to the Greenberg uh, therapist. And that was a great success for me. And it brought up a lot of things. It introduced me to breath work, which is, I'm a great fan of breath work. I still practice it when I can. Ronnie? So with Greenberg, you do a lot of breath as mm -hmm. well. And it was the first time I felt like numbness in my hand. I didn't know like <laughs> what, what is that? And she didn't really explain. It was just part yeah. of the experience. So that introduced me to that. What was, when did the realizations about your childhood, like when did you start to come to terms with that stuff? When we try to kill each other, right? My, my childhood <laughs> when we tried to kill each other there were realizations about your childhood no explain <laughs> is like, that not true i don't know i'm trying to think but if you have... oh okay can i share of course um we <laughs> kind of had like phase one and phase two of our relationship phase one he's kind of describing his experience my experience was i was severely you know, in trauma from an abusive relationship. I think we talked about yeah, when, it. Yeah, so at what, where were you? And I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes so people, if they haven't heard that, can go back. But where were you in that journey of that? Had you already gone to the police? No, 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 no. When I met Tommy, like I had that relationship that was really challenging. Then I had a bunch of other ones that were better, at least not abusive per se. <laughs> And then we met and he immediately understood me. Like, mm -hmm. like he was saying, like, I didn't have to explain like trauma or like sex is hard for me. Like all these like pieces, he just like got it. Um, so that was nice and weird at the same time. And so the first, like, I would say, I don't know, five years of time that we lived in Israel together, mm -hmm. I felt like he was gonna save me like mm. well it was like i'm an independent woman <laughs> i am empowered yeah i so see all those books on her shelves uh, because she studied um gender and 
all those books about well, what was it like feminism uh, and feminist theory and oh Catherine McKinnon yeah and yeah all these all these things and yeah. um and he was like you know a man who wouldn't abuse me or abuse his power and things like that and he would he would save me and he understood everything well basically it was very codependent let's just yeah. <laughs> let's just explain it that way um, it was just very codependent and um, that was our dynamic and that worked for five years. And sometimes, you know, mm. codependence works and then both people hold on to it and it's all great. But then we moved to the States and how far into your relationship were you guys when you moved to San Diego? We were together for five years okay. and I totally unraveled because I started my business. So my business kind of was like a wake up call to all this trauma that I was kind of, mm-hmm. not, yeah, you, not you started uh, like a health coach in the beginning. Yeah. But even that, like my business kept feeling stuck and stuck and stuck. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll read this book. I'll do this marketing thing. I'll do blah, blah, blah. Like all these things. And nothing was working until a coach literally told me the sentence, your business is a trauma response. Yeah. And it was so illuminating. And that's where, how I found somatics and all this stuff. And I started really like, working on myself like deeply in my nervous system it was a very for me like individual journey at first it wasn't like about our relationship it was like this is me I need more healing I want to go on this path blah 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 and then we I started to feel the gap between us it Mm -hmm. was like it, it was so scary and so like what the hell is going on like uh, we it's have... interesting when she's saying it right now it's like normal but I, I remember when she used to say it it was like s- such a big trigger for me like mm-hmm. I'm doing self-development I'm here you're here and it was like n- now I, I can see like what she meant and uh-huh. how is it not like a comparison but it used to trigger the hell out of me oh I'm sure I mean it would trigger abandonment wounds for me hardcore <clears throat> yeah yeah yeah. And I was also scared because I was like, I'm losing this person I love. And I would tell him, why did I do all this stuff? Why did I have all this healing? Like, I shouldn't have done it. Like, look at our relationship. All this just really hard. Mm. It, was, it was like seven years of hell. Seven? Really? Yes. Wow. It was progressively worse. Like, progressively worse, progressively yeah. worse. Are there some key moments in there that you want to highlight? Like key conversations, key moments, either of you chime in. Go for it. You want me to? Well, first of all, I, I want to say that uh, there were those slow moments there can overcast and shadow all the, the good moments. So that's all you remember. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to be positive. So <laughs> it's, it was, for me, it wasn't seven years of hell, but I, <laughs> I can definitely remember those high uh, lows. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that's how I, yeah um very vividly <laughs> and I think for each one of us it, it's different because for me there is a trigger of abandonment and uh, separation and I'm not loved and mm. um for me it's like the the logical part like something that doesn't make sense because and and uh, working with the coach uh for both of us really helped me understand her better because sometimes when she's communicating um it is not exactly what she means it's like she's expressing her emotions in a way that doesn't make sense for me 
and I take it personally, and then it will start a loop of hellness. Like hellness. Yeah. <laughs> a loop of hellness. 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 It's literally hellness. It's, yeah. Yeah. You feel alone, feel misunderstood. You feel that everything um, is bad, and you forget all the, the positive moments in your life mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's all so hellness. It, yeah, it's mental hellness. <laughs> That's how we call it. We were in me- mental hellness uh, situation. I, I mean, some of the things, some yeah. of the situations that I remember is I moved out for a month or two. I lived with my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long this was, several years ago. What triggered that? We were just fighting like every single day. Over nothing. They're over nothing. And it was like, we actually went to couples therapy that wasn't super helpful because it focused on our fights and it or mm-hmm. our communication style. And you can change the words, but you're not changing your nervous system state. Yeah. There's like, could you please do that nicer? <laughs> like, but you want to strangle the other person. So it was just like fighting every single day. Absolutely exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people break up mm-hmm. because that is hell for your nervous system. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in some kind of military boot camp. It was so challenging. But then like I would move out and we would still like meet and talk and it was really nice. So it would just be so confusing. And I feel I've always felt strongly that Tomer is my person. Like I don't believe I know I could love somebody else. I know that for sure. I could be happy with somebody else, but it always feels like this is not done. Like this is not finished. It is not complete. There's more here. Like I should not leave. So there's that. And then moving to Costa Rica was hellness because, <laughs> because you know, it's it like really triggered both of us and um, increased our feeling of unsafety already. And then just dealing with each other and the triggers and not really being aware like he was triggering my dad for me a thousand percent it took me a long time to really see that um so yeah there was the trigger that it triggered your memory of your yeah dad. obviously like like no, no it can sound like i'm like your dad is angry at me. no maybe <laughs> maybe um yeah so there was a lot and and we broke up many times many many i remember yeah. Of breaking up and running through coconut fields by myself and calling my mom and calling my friend and crying and crying and like I don't understand and like the fights were over nothing like the stupidest oh but you said this word why did you say this word or like just stupid but it was all on the nervous system childhood trauma obviously level and stuff being kicked up Yeah. And you're in that like emotional intoxication where you're like, not just not able to see things clearly at all. Yeah. At all. Like someone please explain why my favorite person becomes my enemy for an hour. Like I don't understand or why I'm not having fun with my favorite person at all anymore. Yeah. And I think what really helped us to go from this state to a better state is to take responsibility over it and not blaming each other and not being in a victim mode, but see that almost everything, uh, it helped for me for sure to see that almost everything that we fight over has like all the roots, deeper roots in me, in my family, and even, even before. 
Uh, it could be my ancestors or my, my culture or whatever. So when, when I do that and I don't take things personally and not in a sense of like I'm cold, detached, um, like not rooted or grounded, but in a sense of um, what you're saying is, is not just to hurt me, it's you're expressing like what, what you feel and it has not, nothing to do with me. Um, that really helped me to to really not going into that cycle because I think Marina said that it was very confusing because for me it was very easy to go uh, approach her after like after a few minutes ten minutes because uh, and that really helped us and then try to to resolve it in a calm way because I can like there is fire in me too and when we oh, fight yeah. because usually I'm calm and like polite. Uh, polite? I don't know. Kinda. Kinda. Like polite savage. Uh, <laughs> polite savage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, it was really easy. And I think that really helped us in our relationship. Uh, but it didn't solve anything. And what solved it now, what, what can help really now, is um, just not take things very personally. What was the turning point? Uh, I think it was a process so right now we are in um ifs uh, couple yeah. therapy internal family system and that really helps just the concept of like there, there are parts in you uh and you, you let them speak and you know it's very healing and unshaming for me at least um and it, it's really helping um seeing myself and understanding myself better and also seeing marina and understanding marina better uh, so that that really helps, and this is something recently. I think the move um, was very triggering for Marina, and also for me, more for Marina because um, of history. her history of moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that lower point, and far from other friends and family, like we didn't know anyone when we moved here. My family is in Israel. Her family. Yeah, this kind of really fucking backfired, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, or but, high water. But it, but it, it uh, forced us to face it and not run away from each other, which is very easy nowadays with social media and with friends and with all those food, uh, food whole foods, and yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I really like uh, advice that I heard that um, the relation because it's really easy to just decide to separate and like the divorce rate is very high and sometimes you do need to separate but I think it's too easy now and um, what's more interesting and hard harder is to to see where it's coming from Mm -hmm. and to work on it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think willing to go there go ahead Marina yeah I think that we both kind of have that fire of not giving up on the relationship Mm -hmm. on different things Mm -hmm. um so that has saved us many a time even when it was like this is so clear that it needs to end like we're miserable you know and I feel like most people would give up but I always feel also you don't give up you were trained not to give up I can't I can't give up I literally can't it's like a disease and me too sometimes it's bad but I also feel like in my work and just like in my life, one of the things that helps me in life 
is knowing that whatever's triggering me, I'm going to teach to other people. Mm. And like that thought, it's always like, oh, okay, I have to go through this. I just have to go through this. And I was like, okay, well, I teach like my own stuff, but what about relational healing? I don't really know how to teach relational healing yet because I I have a perfect relationship, you know? (laughs) And then like going through this and it's not like it's over. Obviously, we still have things that we go through. Yeah. But now I feel more confident to teach about that, to really understand what are the triggers, what are the attachment styles, all these things that are at play that make you try to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think one of the things that helps me so much also is like I've been on a journey of being seen and like Mm -hmm. seeing myself, seeing my needs, seeing my fond people-pleasing tendencies. And through that, I started to also feel more seen in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And whenever like I express an emotion or I have a trigger and he doesn't react to it, that, first of all, that's really hot when a man can deal with you, like with just, you know, I think it's also for you, like if I'm able to do that, if we can do that for each other, that's like an amazing thing. And you've been able to do that more. Um, And there was another thing when you were talking, but now I forgot. But what are your what are your attachments? I don't know. I feel like we're both both. Yeah. (laughs) Organized. I remember. I think so. I remember at one point, like sitting on a bench in San Diego and being like, really, Tommy, we are same type of fucked up like we both fear abandonment you kind of like you have your own way of doing it and I have my own way of doing it like so that we don't get abandoned but really like it's the same and and he was like yeah we were laughing about it and so that was another turning point just realizing that because before that I think we kind of competed for our place in the relationship (laughs) Like the, our traumas competed. It was more like, fucked up. Yeah. 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 Like you could find your own trauma. <laughs> yeah. But but now it's it's helpful to, to know that. Yeah. I think that this um I've never really dove into using the internal family systems from a relationship perspective. I think that's so interesting. So mm-hmm. can you talk about what that process has been like? And like, what are some parts of y'all's that have been coming to the surface that have been helping in um, improve your relationship? Yeah, I think we need to, if you want to put in the show notes, our coach, he's so good. Yeah. And so I've been going to IFS for, I don't know how long, a year and something. And my therapist is amazing. Number one, she is very personable. Like she shares mm-hmm. about herself which as Thomas said, also, I don't like, I don't feel like you really heal with another person when they're like stone cold. And I mean, I guess there are levels of healing too. And I have had an amazing like somatic experiencing therapist who was like that. Like I literally didn't know anything about her. She talked about her husband once, I think like that's it. But I got to a point where I was like, I have a lot of relational healing to do and relational healing, I feel like needs to be done in a relationship. So I told this therapist that and she's like, yeah, I'm totally open, you know, and she's amazing, amazing. Like, I'm so happy with her. And she recommended our coach, Joel, and it's called IFIO. And it's really cool. Like, 
It, what does I feel that like stand it's... for? I don't know. I don't know. Internal family. Intimacy something. something? No. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, but basically, like, I feel like this is a thing that we needed. And I feel like every couple that gets really triggered by one another needs this, which I think is most couples, mm-hmm. unless they're like super securely attached. But I like literally don't know anyone like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very surprising. They say 51% of people are securely attached. And I'm like, where are no fucking Who the fuck are these people? Yeah. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Um, so basically, it, we track our conflicts and we really slow it down, which is really challenging sometimes. But we really slow down. Okay. What was the first moment that you got triggered? Was it his face? What is? Was it a ward? Was it his body language? Like, be specific. What happened in your body? I think you said a word. I thought you said a wart. Was um. it a wart? <laughs> Very triggering. Warts are triggering. I had one and I had to get it like frozen off. It was. <laughs> it was. I'm not kidding. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a really cool method. The first session that I had with Joel, like one-on-one, I got so dissociated. Yeah, you had to nap for like two hours. Oh my God. And I haven't been dissociated in a long time. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it happens like once a year. And I used to be dissociated 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, holy shit, he really tapped into something. And he asked me, he asked both of us. That's how we realized we're both the same kind of fucked up. Um, when, when he asked when you were hurt or sad or like hurting as a child, what did you go to? And I was like, uh, no one. No what one. do you mean? Yeah. Mm. Like who can give you comfort or who soothe you? Can, I think comfort was the one. Yeah. I mean, I think of but, it as yeah. soothing and I think about like, I struggle to soothe myself to this day. Like it's something that is really difficult for me. And I think about it like all my whole history, like even like being like my mom, like I was taken away from my mom when I was born. That's how they did it. And I would only be given to her like three times a day or something, which is insane. Like that is insane for a child. And then also my mom like left for a month when I was really young to complete her studies and I got super sick. So like all these things, like it's still hard for me to soothe myself. And so that he asked that question. I was like, and I was, I had to take naps. Like we actually had a session today and I think it's the first time I didn't take a nap after one of our sessions. It's intense. What parts have like, have there been particular parts that you've identified that show up a lot in your relationship? Yeah. For, well, I'll speak for me. No, speak for me. I like to speak for you. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I like your parts. Um, It's so funny because I have a podcast. I think you'll appreciate this. I have a podcast on parts work. I think it's like one of my first ones. And my friend listened to it and she couldn't stop laughing. So I was talking about Dick Schwartz and I was talking about parts and I was talking about playing with your parts, you know, with curiosity. She's like, all I know is play with your dick parts. That's all I remember from that podcast. And I was like, that was my intention. Great. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been really helpful for me to notice. <laughs> like there's a part of me that feels 
um, abandoned and neglected and not being connected to. And then I go into people pleasing, which makes it 20 times worse. And I feel even worse. And I feel like I have to be really cute and I have to be really small, like minimize myself. So that was something that happened so fast. And Mm -hmm. I never was actually aware that this whole thing happens literally when I look at Domingo for three seconds. I just look at him for three seconds and then this whole process gets kicked off. It's really amazing. Think about Mm -hmm. even doing Uh something. Death behind the eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just really cool because he has us like really slow down. And yeah, the slowing ooh. down is very, very effective. Like slowing down and going, uh, let one part speak at a time. It's really like magic, like because you can slow more everything and it gives you time uh, to give empathy and to, to recognize it and not just because I'm a very fast thinker. So my, my brain goes like this, this, this all day. Um, and it's really cool when I can practice breath work and meditation and all that to slow it down. And not think about anything it, it just gives you opportunity to see things differently and mostly more compassionate way hmm. so I, I really i really like that it's been doing it how long have you been doing it the therapy this uh-huh. one um let's see so we did like five sessions then uh, two or so months yeah uh-huh. maybe months yeah and other than that, what other types of like couple therapy modalities have you guys done together that have been effective? Has there been anything else? Together? Uh, I, I think, um, unlike Marina, that the first therapy was good. It wasn't like um, the best we can, could get, but it got us to somewhere. It gave us some, and I think just for her to see that she doesn't like parts of it, uh really helped as well because mm-hmm. she's more aware of what she wants in the relationship and it brought to her attention mm-hmm. what what she wants from me and then she could communicate with me because when I don't know like what the hell do you want from me then it's really hard for me to, mm-hmm. to work on it. Um so that was very helpful in my opinion. Um what else do we do with like Jason? Jason was um a coach like more like relationship uh, intimacy coach and he worked a lot with like feminine and masculine which I had like huge resistance in the beginning because I don't like categories like Maria tells me that I'm a projector and then I tell her I don't like to put into a box and then she says yeah that's what projectors are doing they don't like to be in a box so it's like a paradox but um <laughs> yeah it was there was some resistance in the beginning but it really worked and it really helped and it really helped me understand that feminine energy mm-hmm. or well Mar- marina sometimes has feminine energy that uh, is being expressed as uh his word chaotic and um like more like just expressing your emotions and not rationalize things and that helped me not taking things personally and that was very helpful so i'm very uh, grateful for the therapy it was very helpful I would say with Jason, <laughs> I had a resistance working with a man. Like, mm-hmm. let's start there. And my friend was like, no, like, he's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, fine. I'll talk to him once. And for me, it was really good to talk about sex with a man. Mm-hmm. And so I also had like individual sessions with him and then together. And that was really, that was probably my favorite 
part because I had so much shame around sex. There's a lot more healing I need to do in that area of life. There's no doubt, but it was very, very helpful. And yeah, I felt like he understood us both Yeah, and, and it was fun and yeah, it was great. It was really great. And it all builds up, you know, one leads to the next and the next and kind of goes in this spiral of healing. And I think going to workshops, either online or what? Which workshops? We went, oh, not that one. Um, okay, of course you'll tell. But uh, for like retreats, if you go, well, we are going to a retreat soon uh, in September in um, few, Austria. Yeah, in Austria. What is um, it? The relationship um, retreat. Uh, it, it's, uh, what's your name, your coach? Uh, Natalie, Natalie. Oh, so this is also a hugely important thing that I did was like, I'm going to work with a relationship coach. This was the in the beginning of when we moved to Costa Rica. And I was like, I'm going to do it for myself. Whether I end up in this relationship or not, I need to work on this for me. Mm-hmm. That was very helpful. Natalie Kennedy, she's yep. amazing. And she's on the app, by the way. Well. She is on Soma Share. And she was like, okay, do you want to be with this man? I was like, yes. Okay then you need to stop controlling him. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, duct tape. We're going to introduce the concept of duct tape. That was like a really good breaking out of codependence for mm-hmm. me because it was hell because I wanted to tell him what to do 24-7. Like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't eat that. Don't exercise like that. Do this. And, and surprisingly, of- it was hard for me as well to break that pattern. Like mm-hmm. I was aware of this pattern and I like was very angry at Marina uh, about that pattern. But uh, it like created a void in me when it stopped and like I didn't know what to do. Like I don't know uh, how to make connections and friends and I don't know what do I want. Like, so it's like starting started a crisis in me where I don't feel like centered and balanced anymore. And it was a curse and a blessing. And now I feel like much more centered and um, um, I know where I'm going and I I am still working on it, but I'm creating close connections and friendships easier. But that was very hard for me as well. When you guys start getting into it now, have you like figured out a way to like curb it or what is what does conflict look like over the past few months? Don't look at me. <laughs> I think it's a work in progress for sure. I think that what helps very much is when we can notice it and within ourselves, like I'm getting triggered. I need space. Yeah. And when we give that feedback to the other person, I think you're triggered. We That used to drive each other mad just when we would say that to each other. And now we're like, oh, let me think about it. And so like, I remember recently in the last couple months or something, I was very triggered again around my dad. That's what came up. But I wasn't like aware in the moment. And Tommy was like, you're triggered. And I was like, whatever, but I'm going to go. I'm going to (laughs) go. And so I left. And then the next day, I really did like sit with it by myself, but he was around. And I really noticed that trigger. And it was very powerful for me to work through it. So I think that when you do this IFS work for couples and you are sharing these parts that are super vulnerable, Mm -hmm. it makes you trust each other more. And then the feedback, like 
for me, his feedback felt like, well, what does he know? Like he's not doing any of this work. He's not connected to his body. He knows nothing. And now that I see him like so connected to his body and like working on these things, then I really honor his feedback. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, he, he knows what he's talking about. So I need to go like check that out. Um, so there's more kindness. I feel there was a viciousness before. That's what I call it. And now there's like more kindness and more receptivity and even just doing like little things for each other or like noticing like, hey, you look tired. Go, go rest. You should rest, you know, um, go to a spa, go to a spa. I'm being sent tomorrow and the day after. I'm very excited uh, because I really do need to rest and I'm burnt out. But yeah, like doing those kind things for one another is like so, so important. And they're little things. And then taking charge of your, like being responsible for yourself. Like Yeah, I think when we come and talk about things and we started to do it recently. And before that, we, we say to each other, what are we bringing to the table? That What are we coming with? Instead of just spilling our emotion like on each like, other. Yeah, Marina heard it on some YouTube and she told, no, that's from Marina. Uh, like, from the mushrooms. Oh yeah, Marina can share about that. Uh, but um, but that is a huge But it was thing. very helpful and it, yeah. it came very natural uh, for both of us. And it, it's a small thing, just say a few words before you talk, but then it changes your whole perspective about why this person is... Uh, talking like that like for me it makes more sense so it's rationalizing things so it's it's easier and also we both uh, empaths so we take emotions very deeply uh, like others emotions they're very deeply so if I know when it's coming from it's easier for me to visualize it to see the color of it the texture of it like like I remember talking to Marina uh, I don't know 10 years ago and she would tell me a story and I would ask all those questions and she thought I'm just distracted like I just want to to tell you about my friend why do you ask what she would like what's her hair looks like or whatever um, but for me it's really helping me to get the entire like picture and to feel it in a more aligned way to the way she feels it so that helps me to connect so i think realizing that about each other really helped us um fight better can you give me an example of what you mean when you say like you say a few statements when you sit down like what are you bringing can you give me an example of that yeah, yeah. so basically so i went and did this mushroom ceremony right my first one was for like four hours and i came home and i was like i have an insight I was like still in it but I was talking to Tommy and he was like what do you think we should do to make our relationship better he literally like invited the feedback and I was like this it just came it's like we should every time we like sit down together like for a thing you know for like lunch for dinner for to hang out whatever share what we're bringing to the space so for example I am bringing exhaustion. I am bringing anxiety about this and this thing. I'm bringing also excitement about this client. That's what I'm bringing. So it's like 
then you're taking responsibility for it, but you're also sharing. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm bringing. So you're heard and you're seen, but you're not like, oh, I have the worst day. Oh my God. Like, that's how what we always did. We would sit down and be like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I had the worst day. And this is what happened. Word vomit. Then the next person. And then it's like, oh, and then we're just going. Like, it was like nonstop. But this way, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. And then the other. It's also kind of asking for permission to say it instead of just uh, assume that the other person want to hear all your um, issues. Know, issues or like victim mentality uh-huh. um, stories. Yes. Yeah. It's very helpful. Mushrooms. <laughs> um, well, you two are crazy cats going into business together. you <laughs> going through all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Story. really blow up. Yeah. What have you learned about each other through that process? It's been so good for our relationship. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's funny because we had a business before and it didn't work as well. And I always really wanted to work with Marina in a business because I see work as not something separate from life. It's not like, okay, go to nine to five. And uh, like, I, I like to put boundaries and not to exhaust myself, but I don't want to see like life and work. I, I want to see it as uh, like taking a walk, like something in my life. Uh, and that's why I also really wanted to work with Marina because I want Marina to be a really big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and Marina really saw it differently. She, she thought we can't work together, it would be too hard. Uh, I want to be responsible enough. She won't be like, she will exhaust herself. Uh, we'll fight all the time. Like all the things that like came in our relationship will come in the business and i think it's pretty accurate but i think it can be also very healing and and now in this business in somershare i feel there is a lot of trust and there is a lot of communication and alignment and we see the results we see that everything is not a struggle it comes with ease there's a lot of work and we work very hard but we see that things are they're making sense they're aligned um and it's very fun to work together. We, I've seen a lot of progress in our relationship just because of the business and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I've always wanted to see him lead mm-hmm. because I'm very over-responsible and that's one of the greatest sources of my anxiety in life. And I was like, I want to see that. And so I get to see it now and it's so nice. Like, he is the CEO in my head. He is the CEO and CTO. And I, I mean, we're obviously like co-founders and we're doing it in co, but I'm just like, okay, like he's got it. It's not, it just doesn't feel like it's on me. And when I see him lead, it makes me super happy and I love seeing it. Um, And it makes me trust him even more like in life and in business. And I feel like it's been so good for you to just see how capable you are, how you can be super responsible for things, manage a team, like all the things. Hmm. All the things. All the things. And it's also like having another kind of shared goal together, right? I think that's probably got to be cool too. Totally. And we're both so excited about it. And And we're users. We, I practice every day, at least once or twice so it's something that I believe in and I find very helpful for myself as well yeah I was going to ask that next like what are kind of what are your daily either like nervous system maintenance practices or spiritual practices look like on a daily basis um 
for for me it varies because i like to change things sometimes uh, i am okay with routines but i like to change them uh so now at the moment i like we we wake up pretty early because you know we live in costa rica and it's jungle time uh so f- like 5 a.m we are like starting our day usually 5 5 30 um well thank you and we we like well i like to to do some practice it's either a meditation or a practice on soma share uh and breath work afterwards um working out for we have been watching uh some videos about longevity now so it's an our new trend trying to, to incorporate some things from to implement it in our life mm-hmm. so i'm trying to exercise for 30 minutes but uh things that uh, exercise um exercises that won't like ruin my body um because i know that that can give me stress when i work out too much and i don't want it to be too structured so i just do whatever i want um with weights usually or just stretches and stuff um and i try not to start working until eight or nine so a few hours and when i start working i'm trying to concentrate on um, something really hard to do uh, that um, i i thought about doing the day before and not like answering emails or messages or looking at just like nonsense data or something like that. So that's pretty much my, my morning routine. Um, mine also varies, but at the, in the morning, it's always kind of a combination of sometimes breath work, sometimes a practice, sometimes like kind of dancing if I'm like really anxious I'll just do like heel taps I'll dance I'll shake out my body it really helps me so much um I love also journaling lately but it like comes and goes but it's like journaling about anxiety provoking things and I'll just like go this thing is and I'll just go off all the thoughts in my head um, and I love yoga nidra. I love yoga nidra. So I've been trying to also implement it in my day where in the middle of the day, I'll take a yoga nidra nap. Like I'll put it on. We have it in the app as well. I'll put it on. I'll put like an eye cover. I use the, this like spiky mat called prana mat. And for some reason, probably because I'm masochistic, I don't know. It relaxes me You're so much. <laughs> what? Of masochistic. No, like your pain tolerance is very, very low. So yeah, but I like to hurt myself. Not in that sense, I think. But you know what I mean. I do like to hurt myself. I like to work out really hard and stuff. They're like bickering, that. folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I use the Pranamat and then I put on um Yoga Nidra and it's really nice middle of the day. Also at before bed. Um, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Um, anything else you want to share about Soma Share other than what we've talked about? Well, I don't think we mentioned what it actually yeah, just, is. Yeah, just give the whole shindig. Cool. So it is an app that is mostly free. It has a premium version, but it's mostly free. And it has trauma-informed audio practices. So basically, we vet all everything we put on there to be trauma-informed, meaning in the body you don't bypass your emotions nobody will tell you like just stop being scared just do the thing say an affirmation so it's really like working with your nervous system for healing and growth and we have tons like over 100 practices on there of all kinds from over 50 practitioners 
um, really, really awesome practices. And yeah, it's been beautiful. We also have a community. So people share what they've practiced at the end. They say how they feel. And we're going to also grow that community aspect. And it's just been such a great experience, especially with practitioners, because that's my field is like bringing on the practitioners. And mm -hmm. they have just trusted us. Like they didn't get anything for this. It's a startup, you know? So they just blindly trusted us sent us their practices were so kind keep sharing it and it's just like Thomas said it's been so for me it's been healing because in the coaching industry there can be viciousness and it's just been so healing to come as a community like I feel like we just want to help people heal yeah. and grow all of us that's all of us have that intention and so it's just been like growing effortlessly like effortlessly we're at like 1200 downloads in a month and it's really crazy it's just like it's really it's amazing yeah, it's two months mm -hmm. uh yeah but it is amazing and it's amazing to develop it as well and we do really want to hear um the users and the practitioners so we try to develop it according to to their needs um in mind that we want community and healing so it's interesting where it's going to be in a few months from now so when you say the community aspect is, I mean, I've just been listening to them, but is there a way for people to comment on each individual things or what, what do you mean by the community aspect? No, right now you can share. So when you finish a complete a practice, mm -hmm. I, uh, you'll see a pop-up and it will ask you like, how did, how did you feel uh, doing it? And there will be an option to share it. If you share it, people can see uh, who completed what and how did they feel and it can inspire them um, to do that Love as it. well. Yeah, there's like a feed where you can scroll. Well, congratulations. It's a big deal. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. It is a big deal. One day I'll have my own app and not be on Mighty Network. So I know who to come to. You guys could you could jump into the uh the mental healness app space. The unit your next app app needs to be from mental healthness to healness. Yeah. Oh, I like that mental healthness to healness. TM. That's cool. That's cool. TM. That's your relationship memoir. Well, that wraps up today's episode. As always, I hope you heard something that... <laughs> uh, I hope you heard something that could help you on your own journey. As always, I know that you did. And as always, if you did not, seek help immediately. Uh, thanks again to Marina and Tomer. Tomer, 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 Tomer. Um, that was amazing. So damn good. So damn good. Go check out the show notes for links to all of their shit. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to tell you guys that like when I don't do the thing at the end, if I don't have a part at the end, that means that I'm up really, that means I'm slipping and that I've been up really late. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I need to go to bed and I don't have time to do this little ending part. Um, Sorry for the sniffles. I'm a little been sick for the past couple of days. Um, I love doing these couples episodes. So if you have other couples that you um, want to suggest, or maybe you're in a couple, uh, give a gal a, a holla and let me know. I'd love to. I love doing sibling episodes. I love doing relationship episodes, family episodes. Hit a gal up. Hit your girl up. Um, what else do I need to share with you guys? I don't really think I have anything. 
Um, I oh, I had I had a hot dog tonight for dinner. I had a hot dog. I had, who doesn't love a hot dog? I probably have like I don't know three or four hot dogs a year, and today was one of those nights. I usually will do them once I have I do like a concert. I love getting a gas station hot dog after a concert. It's like my way of turning up. <laughs> it's my way of turning up. Um, and tonight was just like, uh, I've, I've been feeling kind of sick and I want a fucking hot dog. I want a damn hot dog. So I got a hot dog from Five Gays and I got a milkshake and it was delicious. <sighs> okay, guys, I will see you next week. We have some really fucking good interviews coming up. Okay. We have, I'm talking to Paul Gilmartin tomorrow. Um, I'm interviewing Lindsay. Um, Gibson, the author of Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents on Monday. So fucking excited to talk to her. Uh, and who else? I don't know. I got a couple other ones. So I will see you next week for another fucking amazing episode of Adult Child. It's going to be super awesome. Super excited. Be out here. It's going to be a giddy. I promise.